Thanks be to God, who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall shout forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 39, page 389. I said I will take heed to my ways, that I offend not in my tongue. I will keep my mouth as it were with a bridle, while the ungodly is in my sight. I held my tongue and spake nothing. I kept silence, yea, even from good words, but it was pain and grief to me. My heart was hot within me, and while I was thus musing, the fire kindled, and at the last I spake with my tongue. Lord, let me know mine end and the number of my days, that I may be certified how long I have to live. Behold, thou hast made my days as it were a span long, and mine age is even as nothing in respect of thee, and verily every man living is altogether vanity. For a man walketh in a vain shadow, and disquieteth himself in vain. He heapeth up riches, and cannot tell who shall gather them. And now, Lord, what is my hope? Truly my hope is even in thee. Deliver me from all mine offenses and make me not a rebuke unto the foolish. I became dumb, and opened not my mouth, for it was thy doing. Take thy plague away from me, I am even consumed by the means of thy heavy hand. When thou with rebukes dost chasten man for sin, thou makest his beauty to consume away, like as it were a moth fretting a garment. Every man therefore is but vanity. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and with thine ears consider my calling. Hold not thy peace at my tears. For I am a stranger with thee and a sojourner, as all my fathers were. O spare me a little, that I may recover my strength, before I go hence and be no more seen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the tenth verse of the forty-second chapter of the book of Isaiah. Sing to the Lord a new song, and his praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea, and all that is in it, you coastlands, and you inhabitants of them. Let the wilderness and its cities lift up their voice, the villages that Kedar inhabits. Let the inhabitants of Selah sing. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord, and declare his praise in the coastlands. 
The Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. He shall cry out, yes, shout aloud. He shall prevail against his enemies. I have held my peace a long time. I have been still and restrained myself. Now I will cry like a woman in labor. I will pant and gasp at once. I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will make the rivers coastlands, and I will dry up the pools. I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make darkness light before them, and crooked places straight. These things I will do for them, and not forsake them. They shall be turned back, they shall be greatly ashamed, trust in carved images. Say to the molded images, you are our gods. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 18th verse of the second chapter the first epistle of Peter. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable, if because of conscience toward God one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. Or what credit is it if, when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. But he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state.
and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty Father, who hast given thine only Son to die for our sins and to rise again for our justification, grant us so to put away the leaven of malice and wickedness, that we may always serve thee in pureness of living and truth, through the merits of the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. A couple of brief thoughts about our lessons tonight. We begin in Psalm 39, and in Psalm 39, the psalmist begins with a an act of abstention, um, of abstaining from uh, from crying out, or really uh, in this in the early part of the psalm of railing against the injustice and sort of sufferings um, uh, that are inflicted by the world around him, particularly by the seemingly ubiquitous in the psalms the enemies. Um, of the psalmist. And this act of initial abstaining or sort of a, a refusal to engage in, in a kind of flat ranting about these things or venting of these things is significant because it gives the psalmist, or it, see, it seems to be the doorway through which the psalmist then takes this interior look at the, at the kind of the, the nature of suffering wrong and suffering wrongfully in the world um, and how one uh, communes with God in prayer in the midst of that. And what the psalmist unfolds in 39 is um, first a reflection on the nature of man in, in relation to God, that in relation to God, humanity is what he calls a vanity. The Hebrew word for this is he, um, hebel, or, which is a word that uh, is, is also present in the wisdom literature, and it, ref it refers to a kind of vaporous thing or a, a sort of thing that has a, a deceptive subst substance to it um, that seems to be more substantial than it is. Um, and so he's reflecting this as the image of, of, of human beings who seem to be these stalwart sort of permanent beings, but in relation to God and even of themselves um, have this kind of passing generation and quality. And reflecting on this, he, uh, the psalmist seems to evade um, a, a kind of uh, evade the opportunity to end his meditation there, and then sort of realizes that this pertains to him as well, and says, "Lord, teach me to my to number my days that I might, you know, be certified as to how long I have to live." And this is a significant turning point in any meditation on hardship and suffering. Um, because, you know, as, as many of us who've, you know, who've done anything that has uh, involved any kind of, you know, hardship, especially to use a lighter example, like a kind of willed hardship of something maybe like physical exertion or exercise, um, one thinks of, of going running. Um, it is di it's a very different kind of existential experience when one is running um, with the knowledge of how long one will be running versus how without the knowledge of how long we'll be running. Um, you know, the difference is I'm going to run for this amount of time and I can time it on my watch and I will be done at this particular time and allowing us a sense of duration versus, you know, in like a practice or something when the coach just says start running and I'll tell you when to stop. That's a very different experience. And, and for some of us, that that is the when we're in relation to, you know, hardships of a relational variety or of suffering injustice or pain of some kind. Um, knowing how long it's going to last is a great comfort and not knowing how long it might last is a great discomfort. Uh, and, but through this, through this, uh, you know, this sort of pondering of, you know, these things don't last forever. Um, Lord, I would really like to know how long this will last for me. Um, this becomes an opportunity of honesty through which the psalmist then 
um, you know, resolves um, in conversation with God to continue not, um, not not sort of in not implicating himself in the wickedness of the wrong he is suffering, but rather entrusting that to God. Um, and by his silence, the voice of his soul sort of cries out with a louder voice to the point where it is heard by it is heard and it moves the ear of heaven. Um, and so this is the pattern of the Psalms is that in by avoiding the kind of the cheap gratification of a kind of outward insult or a reprisal or retribution um, that in that sort of amplifies the cry of the heart to God and it moves the heart of God to act in vindication to the faithful and suffering servant. This is exactly what's on display in the uh, lesson from Isaiah tonight in Isaiah 42, um, which is a set of verses that follows the first verses of Isaiah 42, the first nine verses, which have to do with the first of Isaiah's, what are called the like the servant songs. Um, and these are a series of oracles that have to do with the the nature of the Messiah, the deliverer of the people of, uh, that have been scattered to, to all of the nations and oppressed by the enemies of God's people. Um, and that servant will arise. And and um, and this is the sort of song in response to it is um, the, the, the arising of the servant in the first part of this chapter provokes then a response from the mouth of Isaiah of astonishment that you know, it's like, oh, oh my goodness, this thing we have prayed for, you know, and, and have, we've meditated on for 41 chapters of prophetic poetry as now coming to pass, this deliverance is assured and heaven and the God of heaven has answered us and seen us in our affliction and has raised up this um, divine warrior, savior, priest, king to come and save us and to perform among us um, at the healing and the restoration we've longed for. Uh, and so the, the verses we read from Isaiah tonight are this kind of shock and astonishment coming from the prophet as he sees in this prophetic you know, vision the, the answer of all of these prayers of hopeful um, you know, expectation of the expectation of vindication. Um, this is the answer. This is the form of that vindication coming to pass. And as we as we move into second into First Peter tonight, it's we we see the apostle Peter who has been witness to the the Lord Himself, who has walked and talked and communed with the Lord Himself, and is now reflecting on a life that has been shaped and radically redefined by that profound communion he has had with the Messiah servant that Isaiah only saw in his kind of prophetic vision, Peter has talked with and leaned against and been embraced by that very servant. And so his exhortation to the church um, in the midst of a kind of thorny cultural issue of slavery, um, Peter is, is talking about every possible kind of contingency when it comes to this. And as modern people, we have to understand that of course, in the Mediterranean world, um, servitude was not always kind of compulsory and it was not always a bad thing. Sometimes it was very gainful sort of employment. Um, but in Peter seems to, pre to sort of assume any possible outcome here, uh, any possible condition of servitude, both that kind of beneficial economic servitude or a very, very non-ideal and oppressive servitude. And it says, you know, the Lord being near to us and the answer of God's vindication having come to us, um, it, re it redefines the relative duration and severity and intensity of all things around it. Um, and his exhortation to bear with patience, um, which patience always means to suffer long, um, to suffer long the injustices we encounter in the world, both uh, of a sort of martyrdom variety and a non-martyrdom variety, Says these these things are all have all been redefined. It is our, our days have been um, have been reshaped, and our sense of time and our sense of meaning has been reshaped by God coming to us and being among us and with us and for us. And so it makes us able to stand up in these things, understanding that the Lord being very near, the answer of God's justice and vindication for His faithful servants is always close by. It's always within reach. It's always very close and it is never going away. And so for all of us, that means that really what seems to be a kind of distant vindication for the psalmist and a more, a less distant but still far off vindication for Isaiah has, been, has become as close as someone who we see face to face now. And that, is a, that, is a, a, that changes everything about how we live our lives. 
So my exhortation for all of us tonight is to remember that the Lord, the risen Christ, is very near um, and is always within reach. Um, if we will um, do as the psalmist does, if we will avoid the kind of cheap gratification of retribution or mere complaint, and will instead amplify the voice of the heart to cry out and say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy upon us, come and help us, because he will. So just a few thoughts for tonight. Turning to page 590, to our intercession, remembering as we do those for whom we are praying tonight. Let us pray. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings temporal and spiritual upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. O most loving Father, who willest us to give thanks for all things, to dread nothing but the loss of thee, and to cast all our care on thee who carest for us, preserve us from faithless fears and worldly anxieties, and grant that no clouds of this mortal life may hide from us the light of that love which is immortal, and which thou hast manifested unto us in thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for joining in this evening. Thanks to Rochelle and Robert, my co-leaders tonight. I hope you have a wonderful start to your weekend. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you, Father. Happy Friday. Have a great night, everybody.